So we're gonna go ahead and change gears. We've been talking a lot about pests, and if you notice, I move around a little bit in the book. And it's really to try and help you if you're struggling with, like, God, there's a lot of insects on this exam, I mean, you get overwhelmed. And so let's talk about some things that I know you probably have a good familiarity with. And so we're gonna move to the beginning of the book and we're gonna talk a little bit about IPM and inspection. I'm Sylvia Kenmere, and this is another episode of Ace the Ace. Now, I find that this is always an interesting chapter because it's a very small chapter. It's basically two pages. And what happens is, is that a lot of times people are like, well, I know what IPM is, and they don't even read it. And so um, here's a couple of tips. One, take a minute to read both these pages because what we find is that there are a lot of definitions out there when it comes to integrated pest management or IPM. There are thousands. And if you work for a state and they have a pesticide program, you could have one definition. You are working with ESA, you have a different definition. If you're working with EPA, it's another definition. So we find that the definition of IPM can get changed depending on the group that you're working with. And there's some extreme opinions of what integrated pest management, because there are some states that think that it means no pesticide use. And so um, I think it's helpful if you take a moment to read those two pages so that we're very clear that the exam is basing it on these two pages. And so what they say is it's, you know, best management practices, you know, they go through and explain that. And so that's, we know that's important. And then what IPM is, it's an environmentally sound approach to pest control. Uh, you know, we're using the least hazardous chemicals and techniques. And again, best management practices. Now there is the US EPA uh, definition. And so that's also helpful. And so if you're looking at the book on page um, 14, which is chapter two, if you're using the IPM for the urban professional, uh, they do have the US EPA agency definition. So I would be familiar with that. Another thing that's important about IPM is to really understand what IPM is not, okay? And that's something that might help you when you're trying to decide and looking at a question what the answer might be. Here are some of the things it's not. It is applying pesticides on a schedule. And I know this can be challenging for our industry because a lot of our services are built on service models, right? Either you're going uh, monthly, bi-monthly, quarterly, whatever it is, okay? And so um, it doesn't always mean we're going to apply pesticides. So we're not putting out pesticides just based on the fact that it's time to go to Mr. Jones's house and this is what we're going to do. Unless, you know, there is a pest pressure. Uh, clean out treatments without prior inspection. So we're not going to do something like that. Complaint-driven pest control. Uh, and that's, you know, where the customer is asking you to spray or asking you to do things. And so we don't do that. A continual use of the same pesticides. So think about the talk that we had when it came to all of those modes of action that you can add, use. And so um, we don't want to use the same thing over and over again. And so, you know, we want to change it up, use different modes of action because we don't want resistance to be an issue reacting to problems instead of preventing them, okay? And so we don't want to have reaction-based uh, pest control. We really want to look at 
um, giving our customers the best advice to prevent pests from coming. Spraying baseboards, you know, we really don't do that anymore either. And so again, this is just, you know, hoping to catch something so, or, you know, kill something based that way. So that's something we don't do. And then prohibiting the use of pesticides. And this is when I was talking about the fact that people think IPM means no pesticides, and that's not true. And so there is a little green box that talks about this. And so make sure that you're familiar with what IPM is not. And really, there are essential ingredients to make IPM work. And so what those ingredients are is one pest identification. And right, we're spending a tremendous amount of time making sure that you're familiar with all of these pests, all of their biology, all of that is very important, obviously, when we are trying to manage them. Thresholds. And so we're going to talk about thresholds um, in another episode when we talk about monitoring because threshold is really that um, trigger that tells us when we have to do something. Sometimes those thresholds are government regulated or agency regulated. Sometimes they're just the customer. Sometimes there's a health. And so we're going to talk about that in another episode later on. Regular inspection is important. Okay, that's another thing that's important to IPM. Good record keeping, making sure that you have good records on what you've communicated with the customer. And so we'll talk about what should be on a report. I'm using multiple control tactics. Obviously, we just don't want to do one thing. We want to use a lot of tools to be able to do that. So, you know, in your IPM strategy, you're going to have multiple tactics and pesticides are one tactic. Tactics. So that's really what we're going to talk about. And then gaining cooperation from the client. And that's really important communication. And, you know, a good report, especially an inspection report, is going to help communicate what needs to get done. And so those are all essential ingredients for an IPM program. So again, um, these things are, are probably review, but it, it would be helpful if you took a few minutes to be able to look at that. And so that's where we're going to go. So that's it for that. So two pages, make sure you read them. Make, there are some important things on here for the exam. So just take a peek. The next thing we're going to talk about and we're going to is the inspection, okay? And so this is chapter 3 and you know one of the title is inspection is the backbone of IPM and it really is. Without a really good inspection, it's really hard to set up a management strategy and decide what tactics you're going to take. And so inspection is important and why inspect and you know they use a great example in here they talk about walking into a doctor's office and as soon as you enter it the you know the physician tells you you know hey we're gonna not gonna do an exam let's just um you know he already knows what you're gonna need right and so I think that's a good example because we really do need to go through an inspection and so chapter three really deals with why those inspections are important and they talk about the tools all right, and so the first thing they bring up is the pest triangle. So if you're not familiar with the pest triangle, certainly you can Google this as well, but it does have uh, that information in the guide. And so you draw a triangle and you know, food source is, is one point, water and moisture is another point, and habitat and harborage. And all of those things are important for pests to thrive. And while, yeah, some of them may need not need as much, like moisture is one of those ones that not every pest needs to have it, 
um, uh, you know, as far as quantity goes, they all do need some moisture and maybe they're getting it through their food source, but they're still getting it. And so if you take away any of those points, then you know, you're able to help manage those pests. And those are the things we have to look at every time we have a pest um, infestation. So the pest triangle, very important for IPM. So make sure you review that and you're comfortable with that information. The other thing that's important in an inspection is recognizing conducive conditions, right? Because we're looking for those things that are going to contribute to a pest population. And so um, that's why that triangle is so helpful because, you know, what are they eating? What are they drinking? Where are they harboring? That will help you. When it gets to the tools, there are a lot of tools in here. And some of them you have maybe familiar with and some of them you may never have heard of. And so all of these tools are in bold in the book. And so I'm going to run through some of them in case you're not using the book to make sure that all of these tools are familiar to you. And if they're not, take a minute to research out why that tool would be helpful and what pests specifically would they be helpful for. Okay. And so they start off with a flashlight and that's like, that's a no brainer, right? Well, flashlights are really probably the most important tool that we would use uh, because they're illuminating those dark spaces. Okay. And really hard to do your work without a good flashlight. Uh, I, I cringe if anybody is trying to use their phone as their flashlight. Well, I know that they're getting better and better. We really need to have a good flashlight. Uh, they talk a little bit about moisture meters. Okay, moisture meters is, a, is another tool that's important. And so understand how a moisture meter um, works and what pest you would use it for. Okay, you don't have to get into great detail, but you just know what you're looking for. All right, and so insects like carpenter ants and termites, you know, that's something that's going to help you. A moisture meter is going to help. And then they're available in a lot of different forms, okay? And so um, that's something else that's helpful. And then they can also reveal the amount of moisture or humidity in the air. And so that's something it does. So um, that's pretty much it for a moisture meter, but you know, just make sure that you just take a, I think it's always helpful when you can look at something and may never have used one before. So just take, just Google it and look what a moisture meter looks like. Cause I think that you can kind of see how they work. Other tools that you don't have to spend a lot of time on. Okay. But just again, familiarity is helpful. Infrared cameras flushing agents. Okay. And that's actually, um, you know, can be a chemical like a PT 565. That's a flushing agent. Okay. And so that's something you could use to help bring out the pests. Stethoscopes, never seen anybody use that one, but that's on here. Uh, cameras and boroscopes. That's another one. Magnifiers. And again, your phone can be very helpful. There's a lot of tools that either attach to your phones or there's uh, apps that you can use but you know, there's nothing wrong with a good old fashioned uh, lens, hand lens, okay, that's helpful. Uh, spatulas, I use spatulas quite a bit in my inspections and that, you know, especially the rubber made ones with the rubber, you can kind of stick it underneath the door and pull out things and I use white paper plates so I can see what's there, so that's something you can use. Um, there is a bit about collection in this section and so uh, you should know how to collect a sample 
You should know how to preserve a sample because those are important when it comes to identification. If you can't make the ID, you may need to send this off somewhere. And so knowing that information is helpful. They should be waterproof. Uh, we collect and preserve our insects in isopropyl alcohol, and it's usually 70%. Um, you don't need the 90%, so 70% isopropyl alcohol is, is very good. And so make sure that you take a look at some of those uh, topics. Again, um, the Malice and the MPMA Field Guide also have this information on the collection and preservation of insects, so take a peek. Other tools that they talk about is online tools. And so we have a lot of online tools to help us when it comes to uh, inspection and identification, right? And so they, some of the ones that they talk about is MPMA Pest World. We talk about Bugwood. If you've never used Bugwood, they have amazing pictures that people, if you ask the permission, you can use um, those pictures. There's Bug Guide Net, which is put on by the Iowa State University. I love that one. That's a great one. You've got a lot of access to a lot of entomologists that know a lot about a lot of the different insects out there. It may be a little bit slow on control because that's really not their forte, but knowing who you have is helpful and then you're able to make those control uh, recommendations as you know them. And so those are some of the uh, websites that they talk about um, that are online tools. And, you know, there's more and more every day. And so um, that's just, you know, what's in the book. So you don't have to go crazy. Just, you know, think about how you would use those tools. Other things that they talk about, again, this is really just the inspection tool area, is they talk about some of the things that you might find. And while we always love to actually have the specimen, right? We want the insect pest. I, I, I don't think I've seen an insect pest in so many, like at least a year, because everything is done by picture now. And so, um, you know, but when we do see these signs and we're out in the field, um, things that you could collect that would help you make an identification in addition to the pest would be frass or scat. Um, that would be helpful. Uh, if you're seeing mud tubes or nests, that would also be helpful. And then egg cases, right? Uuthika would be something that would be helpful. And so all of those things can help make an identification. And so um, those are things that you would find on your inspection. So make sure that you kind of think about those things that you would be able to collect. And that would be um, pretty much what you need to know for the inspection section. Now, the last thing they talk about here is the inspection reports. And again, this is part of the evaluation process with your customers and it's the communication part with your customers. And that's really um, important in the spirit of the ACE exam and being an ACE. And so they talk about you know, a written report and why we do things in writing. And number one, it ensures that the customer is aware of the pest problems. Number two, it provides a history of pest signs and activity. Number three, it serves as a checklist for inspectors. And the last thing it does, number four, is that it can indic indicate whether IPM sanitation procedures are needed. And this can be a written report where you actually take a pen out and write it. It can be an electronic submitted report. 
but we want to provide accountability of, or some kind of record so that the customer, it's been noted that the customer has had communication. That's really important. Okay. And then components of a good report. These are the things that you need on a report. Number one, who did the report? You need the name of the person. You need the date and times in and out. Because remember, that inspection is only good at that moment in time, right? If it was done at 12.01 p.m. today, that's when that inspection is good. You know, if some of these pests are nocturnal and then you wouldn't have been able to see that. And so knowing when you were there is important. So the name of the inspector, the date and times in and out, the location and activity, measurements of pest and pest evidence. So what'd you find and how much? And then a map of the site, okay? Maps are very important because later when you go back and try and figure out what you're going to do, a lot of times you can show uh, where there is weaknesses when it comes to exclusion or if you were going to do something like termite baiting, those those maps you are you've once you've done a graph or a map of a site, you know you can really use it for multiple things. Non chemical and chemical control actions, so including the names and formulations, anything you use, we shouldn't everything, whether it's uh, you know it's glue traps, snap traps. If you're using uh, something else for a monitoring system, you know you want to note all of that. That's important. The location of inaccessible areas when appropriate. So if you're doing an inspection and you can't get behind a door and you're trying to see what's behind that door and perhaps it's in a boiler room and you can't get in there, then you need to notate that so that they're aware that you were not able to inspect that area because it could you know, be contributing to the pest problem. The location and descriptions of conditions that are conducive to pests, including maintenance and sanitation deficiencies. This would be something like door sweeps, uh, it would be leaky faucets, it would be sanitation. All of these things are going to be important. So, you know, be very thorough. The nice thing about having phones on cameras is you can take pictures. I think pictures are very helpful when we're trying to illustrate our points, right? On-site hazards, so anything that's going on that they need to know about. And then also the temperature, the weather, the wind conditions, if pesticides are applied outdoors. Because those things will contribute to either drift or it could contribute to products that might degrade because it's too hot. Um, All of those things are helpful pieces of information because especially for accounts we have on an annual basis, it tells a story, right? Because eventually, um, after we have done our inspection and after we have put together our strategy and the tactics of products or, or solutions that we're going to offer the customer, then what you're going to do over time is, is have monitoring records because that's what monitoring does, right? Monitoring is over time and that's hopefully where we're getting. Um, A couple more things about inspection is that maintenance and sanitary needs are important. So again, make sure that you really, you know, take pictures of these things, especially if trash needs to be picked up or, you know, things aren't as clean as we like. Nobody wants to hear they're not clean, right? And so we definitely have to be very sensitive to that. Uh, Then communicating about the pests, we need to be very specific. It shouldn't be you have ants. It shouldn't be that you have rodents. 
or cockroaches. When you, we've been spending weeks going over all of these specific species for a reason. We want you to say it's a pharaoh ant. We want you to say it's a German cockroach. We want you to take it up a level. And so um, we don't want to say an ant is an ant because again, all of them have unique biological traits that makes them different. And control can be very different from ant to ant, as you know. And so making sure that you're very specific is important, especially since you are going to have the word entomologist in your title, right? You're an associate certified entomologist, which we would always say that together for the record. And so, um, so again, that's important. And then um, we're going to do a little bonus episode on ACE ethics because that is something you can be tested on as well. But, you know, we want to make sure that you guys are, are stepping it up and that that is part of the ACE. And so that's it for the uh, IPM and the inspection section. Uh, we'll be looking at monitoring next.